Welcome to Simply Stokies. I am one of your hosts. I am James. Uh, joining me uh, today, as he is contractually obligated to do from now until eternity, uh, it's Nick Cirrus, LH Cigars. Nick, my friend, how are you? I'm doing well. Enjoying he- a cigar and being with my good friend uh, William Cooper today, it's going to be a treat. It is going to be a treat. We do have indeed uh, William the uh, Cigar Coop Cooper with us. Uh, Will, welcome to the show. James, great to be back on. Nick, good, good to be back as well. I had a great time with you guys when we did the Smooth Doors reunion a few months ago. So thanks for having me. No, and thanks for coming back. Thanks for coming on then. That was a good time. And, and I mentioned then that I wanted to have you on, especially as closer mm-hmm. we got to the PCA yep. trade show, because like today's episode is all going to be about the, the media, cigar yep. media. Yep. And we're going to talk about what that means, who we are, like a little self-reflection, uh, a little introspection. Uh, maybe I'll have a Zen garden uh, in here by the time we're done. Probably not. Uh, but before I get into that, I want to make sure that I uh, remind you, the audience, to uh, check us out on YouTube. If you're not already doing that, if you're watching us on YouTube, we also have a Rumble channel. You can go check that out. All of it's at Simply Stogies Podcast. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Facebook at Simply Stogies uh, Podcast. Uh, we post all of our updates and everything there. So we'd appreciate it if you get us, uh, give us a like and a follow. His words are hard still as I am just getting over a cold uh, in uh, the beginning of summer. Here we are. So a couple weeks now, by the time this comes out, a couple weeks uh, before the uh, PCA trade show. Coop, I want to I start with you. How many times, how many years have you been to the trade show now? This will be year 13. Holy cow. So, so you every year to- since 2010, and that was skipping 2020 because of the the pandemic. So this is number 13 for me. Wow. wow. Nick, Nick, how many times have you gone? Um, Since like 2012, 2013. Okay. All right. So he's got a couple first, of years on. First you. as a retailer, then as a manufacturer, wearing hats as uh, the media we will discuss. So a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything, a little bit of, of everything. Um, you know, this will be my, my third trade show, uh, Simply Stogie's third overall. And it's always a hectic time trying to get as much content as we can for you guys and get everything that the manufacturer yep. wants out, out. Um, and we're going to talk about that, but I, I guess Coop, I want to, I want to ask you this first. I think this is probably the best question to start this off with. Uh-huh. What is in your opinion? Cigar media. Well, if you take the definition of media purely, it comes from the word medium. And the idea is you're you're in there and you're technically supposed to be neutral and you're kind of covering things from a neutrality standpoint. So I look at that, that there's different now there's different offshoots to that. And obviously, you know, there's on one side you have what I would say more pure journalism where people cover it and uh, it's not necessarily, you know, it's it's covering it. It's not necessarily, at times it could be biased. It shouldn't be biased. And then on the other side, you have influences, which I think are media as well, but they are, they are people to do exactly what it says. They cover it, but they're meant to be influencing the people, certain companies and everything. Sure. I think they all fall into different mediums, so you could do it written, photo, video audio so there's different platforms you could certainly do that on but i think it's still all under the banner of media it's just there's, there's different types of us out there 
No, I, I think I would. I think I would agree with that. I think there's the true journalism, like you said, right? And I don't think I think those are few and far between uh, anymore in the cigar industry. I think yep. there's only a couple that really fall into that true journalistic uh, uh, title. Uh, would you Would you agree with that, Coop? Yeah, it's a hard, it's a harder title to take, is what I'm saying. Um, and it, it is. It's a lot. I think it's a lot more work in a lot of in a lot of respects. Uh, while an influencer, you could kind of focus on one or two companies or brands and then do it that way. What do you think? I, I want to get into the influencers. I'm not sure I want to do it right now. Cause sure. We're, we're, whatever we're, you want. But but Nick, like what? what where would like give me your definition of what cigar media is? Because you've worn all like you said, all three hats. So I think you have a very unique perspective on what cigar media is. I think cigar media is a very important part of the tripod of everything that's out there. You have your manufacturers, you have your retailers, you have your consumers, and what ties it all together is the media. Um, now, again, what does that mean? In my the definition of it in relation to cigars, it's covering and giving people access to the brands, to the retailers, to everything cigar news related if they can't be uh, one of the things i know with the pca i know a lot of the consumers that are cigar aficionados listen to every word try to consume as much as the media that's out there the interviews because they follow their particular favorite brands they're looking on you know for new stuff uh all the news that's worthy or not worthy to print uh i think it's a good thing to have um with Media today in in our industry, anybody with a microphone and a and a and a computer can be media. And there's a lot of people out there. And who's to say the next big media player is yet to be discovered? You know, the idea is everybody in this industry. I don't care what hat you wear. The definition to me of being in the cigar industry is somebody that has a passion for it at whatever level. So people that I've seen that are in the media side of things also have a passionate uh, a passion for for cigars and they are there to report to inform the rest of us out there so i think it's a great part of the industry you know nick that's a good point you make I, i'm sorry james i didn't mean to interrupt you no go ahead go ahead you know nick made a really good point about you know a lot of people start out with this very small right and look cigar coops origins are no different when when if you go Back to the really early days of 2010, the absolute website was terrible. I mean, the photography was horrible. The article sucked, right? I mean, it was, but it was some, but I was some guy who basically came in that way as well. Now, over the years, I tried to massively improve that, but there was a starting point with that with Cigar Coop, and it was no different than what Nick's talking about. And sometimes I'll hear people like knock people doing that. I'm like, well, don't knock people. Let's give them a shot to get into it and see where they go with it before you're knocking people on something like that. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I agree. Go ahead, Nick. I, I think people that have the longevity that are here for the long haul, the, the ones that are bad or just not cut for it will yeah. either exit themselves or for whatever reason. And that that's true of manufacturers. Yeah. That's true of, of, of everything, yeah. every part of the industry. So if passion is important and it's a, a big part of it, but you have to have the other elements in place as well. And, you know, I met Coop 
in the back uh, member area of a shop in North Carolina. He was I remember that. His laptop. And I'm like, who's this guy over here? You know? So I came up and I just started talking to him. And the one thing, and I've said this on past shows is I treat everybody. Or I try to treat everybody. And I think it, it's a, it's a good thing to be for anybody is treat everybody with respect, yeah. whether they're, you don't know who they are. They, they could be nobodies. It doesn't matter. Treat them with respect because even a nobody someday could be a somebody or vice versa. Some, some of these guys that think they're big shots or, you know, could fade away yeah. before you know it. Absolutely. So it's important just to follow your particular journey. Everybody's got a journey. I, I say in the cigar world and wherever, and, and mine has been very fluid. And I think most people, you follow what your, your, your strong points are, what you enjoy doing. And um, I think that's what makes this industry great. Yep. Just a diverse group of people. Yeah, no, I, I would, I would agree. It's like the, the culture, uh, the cigar culture overall, that's, that's what it, it's all about. Everybody coming together uh, you know, different different perspectives, different viewpoints, and, and being able to sit down and you know bond over these rolled up dead leaves. But Coop, you've been doing this for a while, and you've been doing it at a high level for a while. What has changed since you started doing it to where we're at this year? Like, what what are some of the the big changes you've seen in cigar media? Yeah, it's really interesting, and actually this just came up on another podcast. Not the same question, but my answer, I think, is kind of along the lines of something that was asked. You know, when I started out, we were, the, the online guys, we were called um, the damn bloggers, was the word that was used for us. The damn bloggers, why are they here? Um, you know, because it was, it was extremely print media-centric back in 2010. Now I kind of look at us, right? go to 2023 it's a very like we weren't like people really didn't i don't want to say we were unwelcome at that 2010 show but i don't think they knew what to do with us okay i don't think they knew what to do with us you go to like 2023 and today it's like they you know we're expected to be at the booth the time is made with everyone at the booth uh for us um and it's almost an expectation we're shooting video at every booth and that's what's yeah. kind of interesting. And, I, and I'm using the PCA analogy because I think that's how media has changed. Um, it went from the print portion was back in 2010 where online was just in its infancy to now 2023 where now it's now it's about video consumption in a lot of ways. So a lot of people are using video, Instagram, YouTube to do that. Not that the written piece is gone, but it, the expectation is very different. People, you might have to tell them you're writing an article now on, on this stuff. So it's kind of gone very different. So I think media has changed a great deal and how media is consumed is a great deal in that 13-year period. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, we could talk about the 24-7 mm -hmm. news cycle that started in the 90s and has yep. kind of really changed the way everybody consumes media. The death of newspapers, yep. magazines. Uh, all of that stuff. And this is definitely the new medium. This is how, how people yep. want to uh, consume, yep. uh, you know, other entertainment and their information. But I, you, you talked about the PCA and how they have kind of welcomed this. And we've gone from the damn bloggers to it's now this is an expectation. Yeah. Yeah. My, it's but, but, yep, very different. But my issue is, Coop, and I'm going to be very blunt here, mm -hmm. and, and this is going to be some critiques of the PCA. So... If you're from the PCA you're, and you're watching this, like, hey, I'm just being honest. And I love you guys. I uh -huh. love what you do. But 
we still feel like an afterthought. I feel my opinion is, is that they still treat cigar media, quote unquote, as an afterthought. For example, I was having a conversation with somebody on the PCA board and I said, you know, there's not really anywhere for us to plug in uh, whether we need to recharge something, where we need to plug in a laptop, whether we need to connect to the Wi-Fi. We have to go outside of the show floor for that. Why is there not a bullpen for everybody? Like, I, I know how much a bullpen, for example, I think we all know Half Wheel has that bullpen uh, on the show floor mm-hmm. that they do uh, every year. And that's not cheap. That is no, not cheap. No, it's that's not. Cheap. Yeah for that kind of floor space because uh-huh. I asked and they told me and I was like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. We, we looked at it. We said the ROI we'll work on the floor. We didn't need it. Is right. what we said. But, yeah. You know, and he looked at me, he goes, there's not a bullpen. There's really not. He goes, there needs to be. He's like, let me see what I can do. I haven't heard anything last year. They kind of tried to help us out by having a splash page with all of the media that was going to be in attendance so that, you know, uh, the manufacturers and the retailers knew who was going to be there and they could seek them out or they weren't surprised when we came to the booth or they could try to make appointments with us or us with them. And they wouldn't be, you know, they kind of knew what was coming. I haven't seen anything like that this year yet. And so, so Jay, yeah, in a ahead. lot of ways, in a lot of ways, Coop, I feel like we are an afterthought and you know, the rise of the influencer, which I, in my opinion is much different than cigar media. Uh, the rise of the influencer kind of makes it even more of a, uh, I don't want to say a slap in the face, but it is a it is a little insulting. James, if I, I go back to 2010, though, I'm just telling you, I couldn't get anyone from the IPCPR to even respond to an email, right? If you so- tried to seek someone out for help on the trade show floor, it was really bad in 2010. Wow. Um, to the point where one media guy was accused of stealing and they had this guy indicted already, right? They didn't give this guy a fair shot here, and he didn't steal anything. I mean, it was there were things like that going on, right? Wow. You go to 2022. That splash page was a huge deal for us to have a splash page. Absolutely. That was the first time that was the first time the PCA acknowledged us at that way. Now they're not perfect, the PCA, and and a trade show is not perfect. And yes, there are things that need to be improved, such as what you said. But I also feel. You, if you go back, ten, you understand. If you go back ten years ago, if you go back ten years ago, you'd understand things are a lot better. And I, for the most part, if I haven't gotten a response from the PCA, it's because right now they are shorthanded on staff again. Yeah, which is unfortunate. So I would be a little patient with it. Not perfect. They have a lot of work to do. I agree, but but believe me, compared to ten years ago, everyone the guys who were around for ten years will tell you it was really bad ten years ago. James, I would say that we're no longer an afterthought. But we're a thought, you know, we're still not in where we should be, but I think at least they're aware of us. They don't really know where we fit in. They know we are a piece of this. And I don't think they realize how important of a piece this is for everybody involved. So we are a thought and I think they're just trying to figure it out. And then you have the convoluted mess of influencers and the different types of media. And when you talk about a bullpen it's a great idea. And what they should do is like, obviously they charge everyone to be there, whether you're media manufacturer, retailer or whatever for retailers, they give them meal, part of their entrance fees. They give them a bunch of stuff. Um, the manufacturers get what they get media, not so much, but I think at some point, once they figure out, okay, we collect X amount of money from the media people, they should put a portion of that 
and do it like proportionally even, you know, like yeah. CA cigar aficionado always had their, their own booths uh, and, and other larger media uh, players, you know, paid money to have their presence be known um, on the floor. You, you know, what was the name? Cigar Dave used to have a thing where he used to transmit live from the show. Yep. There was people that paid their way through there and they could afford to do so with advertisers and what have you. Uh, I think we're at a point where we're, we're still very much so in the infancy, infancy stage of the media in regards to PCA and cigar industry in, in general. For yeah. Sure. yeah. I, I I would agree with that. I think I think in some respects, uh, this is still new for them because it, it it is always changing. It is always evolving. Like you said, Coop, damn bloggers. Yep. And now we're, everyone's walking yeah. around with a with a camera or a phone. And and, and I want to kind of address that as well because we've 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 kind of danced around influencers and whatnot. But I I, I talked to somebody who is a manufacturer. I'm not going to mention any names, but I asked them. I said if if somebody walked up to you on the trade show floor and they just had a phone and they said, Hey, I want to do an interview. What would you say? He, I go, would you think they're professional or would you like, would you want to do the interview? He's like, I would only do the interview if I knew who they were. If I didn't know who they were and it was just some random guy or gal that had a phone, they were shoving it in my face. Like, Hey, let's do an interview. Let's go on Instagram live. Absolutely not. Yeah. He's like, you know, but if someone comes up that I don't know and they've got a camera and they've got mics and they may have lights and they've got whatever. I will 100% do an interview with them. No questions asked. He's like, it's all about how you present yourself yep. and, and the professionalism there. And so these influencers that are running around and I am not denigrating influencers. I think that there is a space for them. I think they have carved out a Agreed. niche for themselves, uh, especially in the cigar world and, and good on them. And I hope they, they, you know, make as much money and have yeah. as much success as they want in that space. But that space, in my opinion, is not cigar me media that needs to be at the trade show. Because the trade show, if you're there to influence somebody to, hey, you know, uh, for example, I, you know, Tatawahe's got these new cigars coming out, you know, and I'm here with Pete Johnson Check them out. Like, that's not, there's no information there. It is vapid. It is void yeah. of anything other than entertainment, right? And just a smidge of info. Would you disagree, I, Coop? I, no, I agree. I agree with you on that. The problem is the manufacturers have created this problem because most of these people are getting into manufacturer badges, not media credentials. So, when you get someone into the trade show as a quote-unquote influencer, some of these guys will legitimately work a booth for that manufacturer, but other ones that get in and they're just off on their own. And that's where you see a lot of the, the phone interviews and the iPad interviews. In my opinion, if you don't have a credentialed media badge, that's where they should be drawn. You shouldn't be doing interviews with these folks. I, I, it's just it, it's not fair. You know, the phone thing, I think the, the person you talk to is right on the money. Because we, we didn't use cameras only until a few years ago because we were so focused on the written piece. So I think it does come down to an individual basis on that as far uh, as that goes. To add, as a manufacturer, you have to be careful who you talk to again. You get a guy that has a phone. And now a guy with an iPhone, you know, the, the type of quality an iPhone can produce 
is is broadcast quality. Yeah. So, so for the most part, and you get a guy that's, let's say, a quote, influencer or somebody that is going around and you don't know who he is, but he's got a few hundred thousand you know, followers. And then you get a guy with a full gear rig. I've seen people like three, four man teams come with, you know, TV cameras and mics and those things go nowhere. I've seen that. And it's like, who, who are these guys? And they look all professional. They're simply you know stogies, Nick. They're simply stogies. That's no, no, they are. <laughs> a lot of these guys, I can tell you, a lot of these guys are there just to score cigars. And that's their little, little, uh, little thing to get in there. I've seen yeah. that happen. I'm not even kidding you. You know, you got the consumers that wear the retailers badges that shouldn't be there and they're giving you a line and, and they want to play trick or treat and then pick up cigars from people. And there's a lot of guys that pretend they're media and they do the same thing. Yeah. The difference is where Coop was saying is the PCA should pretty much certify, sanction, approve, at least know of you. And you should have some kind of sticker or something that says, hey, these guys have been recognized by the PCA as real media. At least that gives the manufacturer, okay, so maybe I'm not completely wasting my time because time is valuable when you're on the floor. You pay a lot for these booths. Yep. And if you spend time talking to everybody with a camera and, and, a, and a microphone, you're not going to have time for the retailers. Yeah. So you got to really figure out who's who. And the PCA should do a better job in helping the manufacturer understand that. If the manufacturer doesn't understand that as important as it is to get to the retailers, the consumer buzz that's created <coughs> is done by the news media and, and, and so forth. So that is an important part of this equation and that they should recognize it uh, on all levels. Yep. I agree. I, I agree as well. And that's not to say that folks like Evil Empire Cigar Society or 505 Cigar Review, who do legitimate reviews, but they have an Instagram show, shouldn't be let into the trade show floor if they have a media badge. But I think a media badge should be like that's the that's the gatekeeper, right? That is the that is the what you have to have in order to get in. To be able to do those shows. I've got no problem with them doing that. But when when they come in, when you have these influencers come in, I, th I, I think it, it, it's kind of a mockery. But I think part of the problem is, and I know you and I have talked about this before, uh, Will, and I know that I've talked to a bunch of people about this because this was before my time. But at the trade show, uh, IPCPR, a few years ago, those damn bloggers would come in and they were using it trick-or-treat style but more than yep. that they were saying give me free cigars and if you don't i'll buy this cigar and then i will bomb this on a review yeah that's just that's just unprofessional behavior though is the problem um you know it, it's unprofessional it, that's just being very unprofessional and there's no place for anyone to do that you know there's a little unwritten rule people don't know so when the damn bloggers came in in 2010 and everyone got upset because there were there was there were a few bad apples that were still paying the price for for this day. It was like three people who were doing this. Okay, they wanted to kick the bloggers out of the trade show, and there were people who like Jose Blanco who really stood up for this, right, and kind of got us in it. But we had to agree to a set of bylaws, uh, and one of the laws is that you're not allowed to ask for samples. Now, I think everyone abided by it at first, but I started getting vocal about this about five or six years ago. I'm like. Why can't I ask for a sample? I'm a professional here. You know, I'm paying my dues. I'm a professional. And part of what I need to do is see, touch, and smell a product, right? So it's not something that's been enforced in recent years. This new regime of the PCA hasn't enforced it. But for a long time, we were operating under that guise. I can tell you that right now. 
which I thought was just ridiculous, you know, that we had to do that. But, you know, that was at the point we agreed to it to stay at the show. So because, you know, again, it was this three people screwed this up for us for a lifetime. Right. And, I, yeah. you know, I always tell everybody when we go in the last couple of years that we've gone, I've said, hey, do not ask for samples. If they want to give you one, they'll give you one. We've never had an issue. Almost everybody is like, hey, try this cigar. Try this. You're not smoking. Smoke this. Like, they're always very nice about that. But like you said, we're still paying for that yeah. to this day. Media is paying for that. How do we how do we get the PCA as a group? Because I think there are some big names, yourself included, that right. have a lot of, of clout, a lot of stroke, as they say in the biz, that where you could say, hey, why are we still paying for this? Why are things not changing for the better for us? Like, we understand you're short-staffed. We understand you're coming out of the pandemic, but we can't keep paying for the sins of somebody that's not even around anymore that did this 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I think we're at the point with, with the uh, Scott Pierce regime. And, and I think Scott has been the greatest leader the PCA's ever had. He has been fabulous. Right. Uh, you know, some of this stuff he's probably not as familiar with. So it hasn't been enforced. But my fear is, James, that one day someone will pull that bylaw out again. Right. And it's going to go against us. So we, I, think, yeah, I think it's a smart move right away what you're doing with that. In terms of how to do it, this is where it gets tricky. Right. Because there's a I can't like it's been offered in the past, but we ca I can't be the one to decide about my peers getting into a trade show. Because that's not fair. So I could put something in, and if I put something in place, and then it comes out that I'm working with the PCA on this, right? Then it may look like someone who don't like me is saying he's keeping me out of the trade show for whatever reason. So I've had to be really careful on that. Like I, I won't participate in any committees or anything on that. But you know, it's. It, I think it's just we just have to keep working with this regime here, and I think at some point the bylaws will get rewritten on this. I think but it will happen at some point. But if you are unwilling and others in the media who have sway are unwilling yeah. to, you know, kind of facilitate conversations with the PCA on how things should change. Like, for example, like just a simple thing like having a bullpen, a place for media to go charge right. up, maybe sit down and hammer out an article, edit video, whatever it is on the trade show floor. So we're not having to go to our hotel room or we're not having to go yeah. to the business center down the hall. Uh, or, or something like, you know, something simple as that. If, yeah. if you guys are unwilling to do, who's going to do it? Because I feel like a lot of us, and yourself included, who've looked at the price of, you know, space on the floor and went, eh, yeah, no, we're not yeah. doing that. There's no there's no uh, return on uh -huh. investment. I feel like I, I, we're just going to continue to lack. And look, I mean, the PCA has hired somebody who is in the media space to do some things for them, but it's not anything like there's no media liaison. There's now a manufacturer liaison. There's no media liaison. The media liaison just left actually too. Uh, and this person, I'm kind of, I go, I go, we're talking about Antoine. He's a great guy. I just mm -hmm. kind of wonder what he's doing because some of that overlaps with a lot of what I'm doing right now. Um, but he's a great guy to have on there. Don't get me in. He's one of the super nicest guys I ever met and very helpful guy, but you're right, James. So there are things that we can do. Okay. And I think I'll give you an example of, um, it's it's involving communication, getting to know the players on on the committee. So the Scott Pierce's, the Josh Barskys, the Leases, and all all those. And you know there is a press conference every year, usually on the third day. And all media who's credentialed, if you're a credentialed media person, you're invited to that. 
And I encourage everyone to attend that because that, you get some really good FaceTime with the PCA dedicated in a space for you. And you can kind of get to know a lot of these folks. Now, for example, one thing that I think that the media did have a big influence on was the early access that we mm. were screaming for early access uh, on day one for years. Um, and we finally got some, you know, it was enough times where I don't think that it, like my concern is I don't want to be influencing my pe- I don't want to be deciding who gets into the trade show. But on something like that, we 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 got on that for a long time. And finally, they finally they put it in. But here yeah. was the problem. They put it in, we go down there, and security still wouldn't let us in, right? Mm-hmm. Because they never they never communicated that to to the right people in security. So we went back to them again. It took like two years, but they finally got that straightened out where we get in, and now it's on the schedule even, right? right. So we, we have, but that's that's getting to know Scott and getting to know the, the PCA staff, and I think they're – they are really good, and I think the best way to get to know them is show up at that press conference, and they, they'll talk to you afterwards and everything one-on-one, and I think it's a good thing to do that. So that would be my advice on on that. Like, If anyone in the media is not showing up at that, they uh, – I mean, look, there's some people who have some legitimate reasons why they can't show up on it. Uh, you know, I, I want me to go, I slept late. I'm like, you know, you're one of the biggest complainers, and you're saying you slept late. I don't know what to tell you. So, <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, a couple other media guys had, a, had an appointment upstairs that they had to do, um, and that's because it it is on day three, the first hour to happen. So, what happens is usually I go down to the press conference myself, and the other three carry on the coverage for me when I'm done. But I'm usually the one because I'm the industry guy. So, yep. the first yep. year I had a podcast interview that I had to do, uh, and so Tim was in there. Like I, I was there for like the first part of it for the first, you know, and I was like, all right, I got to go do this thing. Tim stuck around and, yeah. and took notes for me. And last year, I'll be honest, we didn't even go. And I'll tell you why, mm-hmm. uh, we were, we were a little uh, taken back by this, uh, pay to play that they do for, for retailers or, or stay to play where if you stay at the Venetian, you get in an hour early as well. Cause here's the thing. I've uh-huh. always said, I don't want to go on this trade show floor, Coop, and and bother these guys while they're doing business. Right. Right. I think it's terrible. I think it's inefficient. I think it is a scheduling nightmare. Like, we're already trying to get FaceTime with these guys, and it's just, it, it, it makes it harder, right, when they're trying to do business. So having that extra hour, like you said, where we get in early was great, but now they're letting retailers in the same time. And so- yeah. There's yeah. no, there's nothing for us now. Like we are going to bother these manufacturers while they're doing business. So here's what I'll say is really important, James. And this, I have a different, I, I understand what you're saying, right? I agree with what you're saying. First of all, I, I don't like the state of play thing is an issue because they need to have X number of people at the hotels, right? That's right. what they're right. having. And it's a big, that's a financial thing. We don't stay at the hotel because we don't have a setup. Like we use the compound because we need a, we need common areas and stuff to kind of debrief and stuff. But the one thing I would look at it a little differently is those people on the trade show floor, their job is also to interact with media as much as sell product. If you're at the trade show and you're exhibiting, then you should be making time for the media with that. And um, it, we shouldn't be pussyfooting like we're afraid to you know, look. If someone's in the middle of a business deal, James, I'm the last one that's going to interrupt them. I will say continue right. that business. I will never interrupt them. But I don't feel guilty about showing up in the booth and and you know talking to someone. And but if someone says I can't talk to you right now, you have to respect that as well. Absolutely. But I, I don't feel guilty about that being on an hour early because I think that's part of the job of the manufacturers to be doing that for us. 
I think that's a fair point. Nick, yeah. you're a manufacturer. What do you yeah. say? Yeah. I think if you don't pay attention to the media, you're missing a big part of it. You're there to conduct business with the retailers. That's your first and foremost job because you're paying to be there. Yep. But the media part of it is going to get your message across to retailers that are not there. And the other thing a lot of people don't, I don't know if consumers are aware of, but I think a lot of uh, people in the industry also watch and consume the media, you know, half wheel coop, all the, the bigger guys that are out there. You know, I think just as many, if not more people in the industry monitor those sites and, and, and the content that's being produced. So, it also accesses uh, it gets access to the retailers that don't go. So I think it's important and they're missing a big part if you're not taking the media part seriously. So as a manufacturer, look, you want to do business with the people are there. The biggest problem for a manufacturer is being able to kind of sift through on the fly from who's real, who's not real. And I'm talking on the retailer side because you know, where it's less of a problem as the years have gone, it was a hell of a big problem, you know, years past where you had so many, I call them trick or treaters that, you know, you're wasting time going through your spiel, giving your information to somebody that just trying to score two cigars. I'd rather just give you two cigars, get beat it, get out of yep. here so yep. I can move on to somebody that really I could really, uh, you know, get some face time with. So it's a matter of just, you know, getting your losses out of the way. And you look, you're going to you're going to do that. There's a certain amount of bullshit that goes on. You're going to have that at any time. And there's just you know, that's just part of the uh, the business, unfortunately. And and if, and the PCA is doing a better job of trying to police that. Um, so I think, you know, again, that's a good step in the right direction as well. But media is an important part for the manufacturers. And I think anybody that's a real business guy would be just silly to not uh, recognize that. You know, there's a lot of people um, like I believe the thirst for media coverage was created by the manufacturers, right? With social media. So if you go back again, 10 to, back to when I first started, you saw when Facebook came, manufacturers started putting up pictures of their booze and suddenly it became an interest to the consumer channel who's looking at the same. Wow, this 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 awesome show going on in Vegas, like Cigar Disneyland and all that. And then when we started doing that and then when video came around, that appetite has gone a lot more on the consumer channel, again, with his interest in people's brand. So, again, I think the manufacturers now, it's not just the media, but when you talk to the media, uh, you are kind of going to the consumer channel at the same time. Now, it's our job as media to be responsible about it. And that's where sometimes it gets a little that's where sometimes we have to, you know, separate, separate out the apples, so to speak. Yeah, it's it's fun for me when I go up. What, what typically what I'll do is I'll walk up to whoever it is, whatever booth, right? And introduce myself, shake their hand, say, "Hey, you know, if you've got however much time you you've got, I'd love to get you on camera." And for for the most part, I just say, "Hey, look, it's your time to shine. Tell us about what's new. Tell us who you are, company. What's new? What's coming? You're talking to your consumer. This is your chance to to tell them, right?" Uh, and some guys are really good about that. They, they've been media trained and others aren't. They have no media training whatsoever. And they're like, can you just do an interview? Sure, we could do an interview. We could do it however you want to do it, right? Um, but it is. It, it gets it out to the consumer. And, and the ones who are media savvy, because I don't put a time limit on it. I'm like, however much time you've got. You want to yep. take five minutes, take five minutes. You want to take 10 minutes, take 10 minutes. 
I've had Dan Thompson from McAuliffe uh, Cigars, president of McAuliffe Cigars. He took an hour. Literally Great, took yeah. an hour. Fantastic. Yeah. That That's an hour's worth of content. A podcast in and of itself. Yep. Scott Weeks, iconic cigar leaf uh, company, Recluse Cigars. He took, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes. Uh, you know, Ricky Rodriguez. He took 15, 20, yep. 30 minutes. Uh, you know, so the guys who get it, it clicks and they're like, I'm going to take as much time as I can because I want my consumers to know all the new stuff because while this is a time for retailers to kind of figure out what they're going to buy, what's coming out, what's new, what their customers are going to like, what they're not, all of that stuff. It's also, it's the, it's the manufacturer's time to also let the consumer know what's coming down the road, what they can be asking the retailer for. Right. So it's another sales opportunity for them through the, through the consumer. And I, it's, it's funny to me to see who kind of that clicks with, and who it doesn't. Because some people are like, oh, media, yeah, I'll do my thing. Here's my five minutes. Thanks for stopping by. We'll see you. And then other people, like I said, Dan Thompson's like, hey, good to see you. Like, let me do this. Like, it's on. Right. Yeah. And he's got a sales team to do that. You know, here's a great example. Saka, okay? Saka gives media something that's a half hour to an hour at everyone, right? And he has an appointment scheduling, right? Now, I remember I was talking to one person in the media, and they said, well, I didn't get an invite from Steve. I said, here's the deal. Reach out to Steve or and I gave him Steve and one of the other people on the team. Tell them who you are because Steve's not the kind of guy who would ever close someone off because they're too small and he hasn't heard of them. He's really good about that. And I said, just just reach out to him. They'll give you a time slot for that. I guarantee you they'll do it. Yeah. Um, it's not you're not being left off on purpose. So sometimes you have to do that, um, which is why I tell people it's because, again, what Steve does the whole at the whole show and I mentioned him, he literally sits in that throne of his. <laughs> and he talks to media the whole time. That's really what yeah. his job is. He's got a whole staff to do the retail piece. His job now is to do primarily media interaction. And I think that happened with Dan last year is because that was Dan's really first trade show as the president of McAuliffe. He was kind of in that same role, I noticed, last year. Well, he, he was basically doing that and letting his sales team do the selling. Yeah, that was it. Like, I wanted to go over and talk to Andy. I looked over and Andy's just swamped. I'm like, I'll leave Andy alone. Yeah. I would talk to Dan. Yeah. Then Amanda came over and talked yeah. with her. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's funny to me to kind of see who who wants to do that. Because I know there is somebody, and I'm not going to mention his name, but I like the first year I walked up and I was talking to the national sales manager for this brand. And I'm like, hey, I'd really like to get this guy on. You tell me when. I go, but I just don't want to bother him. I don't want to be. And he's like, uh-uh, uh-uh. He knows once a year, this is it. This is the time he's got to do media interviews. Yeah. He'll be here. You just come back this day, this time, he'll be on. I'm like, all right, thank you. James, and that's what's changed so much from going back to 2010. That wouldn't have happened in 2010 and 2011, is what I'm saying. It was very different back then. So you guys were like, we were like pariah in, in 2010? Like, they, they just didn't want they didn't us? Know, they didn't know what to do with us. They were, they were the way they were doing things in 2010, they were still sending faxes to Cigar Aficionado for press releases. Um, and when Cigar Aficionado came around, that was who covered you, right? Now, now I'm not knocking Cigar Aficionado. That's, they were the player back then. And um, that's how it was. So, you know, something like that, what you talked about, never really happened. I think Drew Estate opened a lot of the doors with that when Jonathan kind of really started. Because Jonathan was one of the, I'd say, the earliest people to embrace online media. And he did it first. Uh, I don't want to say first. He was one of the first, right? Then it, then other companies started to see, like, well, what's this Drew Estate doing here, you know? And then it just started to catch on a lot more. I, I remember when you were on for the Smooth Draw show, you had said something that along the lines of uh, – the manufacturers, the cigar industry is, has been really slow to kind of embrace podcasts 
and yep. embrace that medium and they still look at the written uh the oh, written yeah. word more I, uh, you, uh, that i don't understand that at all because even in you know news in general like no one does like no one's looking at news but they're not relevant right they're just not relevant like they may break the story nobody hears about it until one of the big three picks it up right so like whether it's Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, mm-hmm. whoever, like that's when people hear about it. That's when people start to take notice is so-and-so from the New York Times is, you know, this breaking story, whatever. So I, 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 I am really confused. Is it just that the cigar industry as a whole is slow to move forward with a lot of things? It's like, you know, there's not a lot can change with rolling up dead leaves and lighting them on fire. All right. So there is this is where it gets a little tricky because. This industry absolutely is print media focused, right? And there's certain print media that will control marketing departments. In other words, <laughs> they try to get exclusives and because they see print media seeing online media as a threat, uh, 24-7 news cycle. So um, they see it as a threat, so they're pushing us, they're pushing exclusives right now, which is hurting us. But this is the other part of the equation is that, you know, I look at the end of the year when the ratings come out, you can see that the print media ones, excuse me, are the ones that are, are getting all the buzz. This is where legitimacy comes in. Yeah. And I think we're getting that legitimacy slowly, but surely we, 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 yeah. Like when you're around 13 years, now you start to have it right where it is. It is, it is something that's taken a little more seriously, but, We've I've seen so many guys, James, come and go. It's not funny. I mean, I see guys who, you know, they last one trade show, if that, and then they're gone and you never heard from them again. So there's a lot of, I think there's some trepidation in the uh, ranks of the manufacturers to say, you know, it's great I got this 94 rating from this, this online site, but he's gone now. So wh- where is the legitimacy with that? Whereas the print publications who do a very good job, Cigar Aficionado, Cigar Snob, uh, they've been around for a long time. And there is a, you know, they there's I think they feel they're invested in this, right, as a business. And because of that, I think there's some legitimacy. I, I think Half Wheel, they run like a business, right? And we've tried to run Cigar Coop more like a business right now. And I think there's something to say when they see not just I like cigars, not that I like covering cigars, but I'm invested in this thing right now. And that's not knocking the content that any of these online guys are doing. But I think that's a lot of the genesis for why we see the reaction with the print media that the cigar industry has. It's funny you bring that up because Nick and I have had this discussion like ad nauseum. Right. Uh, And and as well as some of the folks on my staff is – you know, do we take advertisements? Do we become a legitimate business, quote unquote? I, and personally, I hate that. Like, right. I, I don't want to do it because it's a, then it's a job. And that kind of takes away a little bit of that fun factor for me. But at the same time, I remember we talked last time off camera and you were like, at some point, you got to take money because this is so expensive. And you're not wrong. Like doing what we do, Coop, is it, it is a drain on resources. It sure. is a drain on finances. It's a drain on time. And so how do you recoup that? And if that's what it, it you're, you're telling me, if we were to take more advertisements from folks that would give us more legitimacy with the manufacturers. I, I think it's more than that though. I think that, that's one thing, but I think it's, it's cons- consistently running this like a business where you're around, you have processes behind the scenes on terms of how you put your content out. 
I think there's other things you could take. I've seen influences take advertising money and, you know, there's not really much to it, but, <laughs> right. um, you know, there, there is something when you, like when you start getting into advertising, we send out formal quotes, we send out formal invoicing, you know, we have, we have things like that. We, we track, um, but you know, there's other things we do as a business behind the scenes that people don't see. You know, we I have I have a proofreader on Coop. Uh, it used to be someone else. Now it's my now it's my wife who's taken that role on. She does a really good job. She's involved with everything on that. So so she's she's intimately involved with that. You know, we have um, we don't just kind of spit like when we get cigar. We have we have strict criteria on on what we'll review with cigars right now. And uh, we do accept samples, but, you know, we have criteria and they go in. We don't go into a store, buy a cigar and put the review out the next day. That's not what we do. So they, you know, when we talk to people about the part of, you know, when you go to trade shows, you get face to face people and you kind of explain to people uh, what you're doing. It makes it a lot more legitimate right now. It's putting consistent content out. OK. Um, <laughs> yeah. OK. So this is the other thing. And this is why I have the everyday thing. You get these guys, well, you know, I got really busy at home. And I, I, look, I get it. Okay. However, once you say something like that, then you're saying, well, this is not really a, I'm not really, tr this is more of a hobby for me. Okay. Yep. And that's again, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's going to take away from some of the legitimacy here. And like I said, when you see guys disappear, they don't put content out for eight or nine months and, you, and they don't have any explanation for it. And when they come back once a year for the trade show, it's, it's these types of things they start to add up where some of these print, again, I go back to aficionado and cigar snob. They've been around forever. Yeah. They haven't taken these long breaks. So that I realized that early on with Coop that that was the model I had to do. I couldn't fall into the trap of these. other, And, and that's kind of why I did that. Um, but it's just I would say it's more than advertising games. That's one part of it. And you could certainly, well, look, there's another angle. You could be consumer reports if you wanted to, James, right? Where they don't take advertisers either, right? So you could be Which consumer. Which is what we've done, right? That's right. what we've but, done here. And if you, have a, if you have a process and you're consistent with that, then yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. I still think it's not practical, but no. but um, but that's what I'm saying is <laughs> it's more practical. than just taking. I've seen people take sponsor money, honestly, and they're like they don't like they have a, they have a YouTube page and that's it. I'm like, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, that, you know, we, we invested like we, we invested on the back end of our website. We have load balances on there. We have we have 24 seven maintenance on our site, you know, things like that that we, we have added in there. Um. So, you know, we could kind of and that's why FaceTime is so important for any media person to be at the trade. Some media people don't cover the trade show, but they use that for FaceTime as well. And there's nothing wrong with that either. No, I don't think there's anything wrong with that yeah. as long as, you again, you're not taken away from the business aspect of yep. it. Right. You know, and that's yep. kind of where you, we yeah. have to balance that is, yep. you know, OK, so look, not only do I want to get an interview with you, but hey, look, we're taking advertising. Here are our quotes. Here's here's our opportunities yep. that we have for you guys love for you to take a look at it. if you have any questions reach out to me i mean you're taking another five ten minutes because if they look at it and they have questions yeah. I, I usually won't do it at the trade show by the way you're technically not supposed to do it at the trade show but i usually won't because again that's something i look at could detract some of the business going on but what i will say is i'll tee up a conversation afterwards with that or i'll tee up a conversation over at the lounge the circle bar or whatever at night with that and i have and i have every year somehow teed something up out of out of pca as a sponsor so or hey how can we work better together and that's yeah. that's as important. That's as important as there are some companies I don't have advertising agreements with that I consider very, very strategic partners to do those types of things with that. So you know, I, I you know, and, and that's as important to me 
as a sponsor deal because that's we're so dependent on information flow from these companies that we have to have those relationships. So that's equally important to us as well. Well, and I, you know, Nick, do you have anything before I go on? Do you have anything to say about the uh, taking advertisers? Because I like, like I said, you and I have talked about it as ad nauseum. Well, when when I came on board, I was like, <laughs> wait, what? I, my original reaction was, James, you, you know, you were very big. Oh, we don't, we don't uh, ask for samples. We don't accept samples. We don't. I said, James, whether you do or don't, people think you are anyway. So what's the difference? And and I know you still are not big on trying to um, make it a financial thing. And the idea is, okay, it becomes a job. Well, I never wanted it to be a job. I didn't want another job. I wanted another avenue of being involved in the industry. And that was my my partake in this thing. And, and I think that by creating it, like Coop says, making it a business. And unfortunately, business is about money. And if you don't have money to support what you do, you know, if you're independently wealthy and you want to, you know, pay for this all out of your pocket and you have unlimited amounts of, of finances to do it, great, do it that way. But if that's not the case, then there needs to be some type of other avenues created, some revenue streams, um, minimal as they sh could be. Uh, they're important to keep us going. And uh, that was our big conversations in the beginning with James and, and the team here at, at uh, Simply Stogies, I just was, uh, you know, coming from the broadcast side with with Smooth Draws, I mean, that was a business. One thing, oh, uh, first and foremost, it was a business. Uh, absolutely. And, and it was an and, expensive business too, yeah. And it was, and 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 I ended up, ended up, somehow I got suckered into, you know, taking on the role of the business side of that, of that uh, you know, uh, <laughs> hobby so to speak <laughs> yeah. uh, but it, it taught me a few things uh that it's important you know and and if you don't have that aspect of it or that side of the coin you're missing out so we still haven't gotten there we're we're really in the infancy stages it's at uh, simply stogies but i think that's at least we're on the right path now or at least we have a general idea of where we need to be to be more productive and be just better professionals and unfortunately that's you know the financial side of it as, as well yeah i mean we you know i have four guys who work really hard at, at the trade show how can i not like cover their travel how can i not you know make sure they're invested in this and sharing in some some revenue and stuff like that i, I have to kind of do that and that's in return, we're getting really good quality coverage coming out of there, I think. So we just can't, you know, it can't be it, something has to give or take. Um, like I told you, James, in the end, it doesn't matter if you're not advertising. They're going to say you're a fanboy. Right? It's <laughs> right. some they'll find right. some reason for you on that. So I, I wouldn't really wor worry about that. Yeah, and I've I've kind of not. We've embraced that. We we do have advertising opportunities. If you if you're interested, email us info at simply. There you go. Right <laughs> there you go. A little, little pimping uh, uh, action right. right there. What for you, Coop? Because we don't do press releases here. You know, mm -hmm. I, I don't think press release. Like everybody does them. You do them. Yeah. A smoking tobacco does them. Half wheel does them. Cigar aficionado does. Like we we would be a a whisper. In a, in a chorus. It, do, it just doesn't make sense for us yeah. to, to do it. And it's a lot. So for you, yeah. what is the most important things to try to take away from the trade show for your viewers and for your listeners and for your readers? Oh, I think the most important thing for us is product coverage. We want people to know about these products coming out of the trade show. 
Uh, that's our differentiator. Is we're very, very focused on on the products. I think, and I'm not knocking anyone here. So, I think a lot of the coverage in recent years has gone personality coverage at the trade show. Yeah. So, and, and look, a lot of people do a good job on it, but they don't have the eye on the product piece of it, right? And, and the press releases certainly help with that. But we we work other channels besides press releases too. Um, like we work the retail channel, like when retail, we, sometimes stuff goes to the retail town, doesn't go to the media. We, we'll, we have people, I have moles now on the retail end who send me stuff. So I'm able to kind of get a little bit of an advantage with that too. So, um, but yeah, we, we feel it's very important, uh, for product coverage. The other thing that I'm focusing on this year at the trade show is I'm trying to capture the vibe of the trade show a little better. In terms of okay, I want to have a feeling like if I'm not at, if someone's not at the show, they can get a little bit of that experience. And and this kind of came out this year when I was following the TPE coverage. Um, and again, I'm not trying to knock. I think there was some really good TPE coverage that was out there, but I felt like the TPE coverage lacked. I couldn't really find out a lot about products, and I didn't get a sense for that that TPE trade show floor. Um, and I that was lacking to me. Like, so I think it's, I think it's more than just industry personality coverage. I want to just get a, I want to get a sense for the environment there a little more. And that's a hard thing to do, by the way. It's something I know we didn't do on Cigar Coop in the past that we're going to try to do this year. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to try to figure something out because <laughs> I think it is something that was missing for. So I think, I think those things are where you put them all. And of course we, you know, we want to talk to the industry people when I say we're not, but I think we want to have those products and that vibe captured a little more. You know, it's an it's a much different vibe at TPE from everything I've heard. We don't go um, than it is at PCA. It's more of a party vibe. It's more laid back. It's less professional. I mean, you know, you're on the same floor uh, as as you know marijuana, THC, CBD yeah. products. So I mean, you know, it's gonna be more laid back uh, uh, as the case may be. But uh, capturing like the experience itself, I. I'm interested to see how you do that because that's, I don't know how we're going to do it yet either. So we're going to try. <laughs> that's a lot of, for me, like just think that's a lot of B roll as we call it. Right. That's a lot of just yeah. static shots of a area, the comings and goings and that yeah. kind of stuff. And then how entertaining is that? How often are people, are they really yeah. going to watch that? And so for me, I get it. I wish I could do that. I wish I could do it. Cause that's literally the only idea of how to do it in yeah. my head. But I, I'm looking forward to see what you come up with because you're the yeah. master. I don't know. So James was <laughs> like, I don't, know. I, got no I don't know about that. But before we started the show, James asked me, are you ready for PCA? And I kind of said to him, I kind of gave him this half answer. That's the piece I'm not ready on yet. And it's something I, I want to address. Uh, so it's something I know we have to address. We're not going to be able to address until later in the month. How we're going to go about doing that. And I think we're, we're not going to try to. We're not going to try to build Rome in a day with that either. I think it's going to be we'll slowly see, put some ideas out there, see if we can implement those ideas this year. And then next year, if they work, we'll, we'll expand on them. I think that's going to be the approach we take. I think that's a good approach. It's kind yeah, of uh, yeah. kind of see what yeah. works. But what it is very tough. It is a very tough. It, um, it's easy for me to criticize this. Right. But at the same time, I got to come up with a solution now. Right. So yeah. I'm going to try is what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know you how know, good we'll do. Yeah. I look, I look at what you do and I look at what uh, Half Wheel does. And you guys are really the only two that I ever look at and go, okay, what are they doing at the trade show? How are they covering it? Because you guys are, in my opinion, and not just blowing smoke, but you're the best at what you do. You get the coverage that you want and you cater it to your audience. You know, but I look at things like, and this isn't a slam on half wheel. It's just not my cup of tea when they do the what's in your bag. 
as a consumer, like, I don't care what's in their bag. Like, you know, they talk about, oh, they've got this equipment and this and that and whatever. For me, I don't care, but obviously their readers do. Their readers do. Their readers, yeah. I'm just like, I could never pull something like that off. James, when you do, when we do some live shows, okay, and when we do our live shows, the constant questions we get are, what cigar did you like best at the trade show? When is this cigar going to be available? I mean, yeah. things like that, we, we get a lot of that, right? And, and that comes up on a live show. You see a lot of those comments come through on that. Um, you know, we've tried also with our written coverage. We moved away from wrapper, binder, filler this year. Um, we, were, we were in that boat. I think there's some other people who don't written are in that boat, but we've tried to move away from that piece as well. And we focused the last few years, we've been focusing on themes that we try to come up with a single. That's my job, actually, to come up like as the video interview is going on, as we're taking pictures and notes. My job is to come up with what's the theme going on at that booth this year? You know, a good example last year was like, you know, E.P. Carrillo had a, um, a lot of product. It was more product than they had in the past. And uh, the theme was that and their collaborations with the Oliva factory. And we tried to focus on that. So when we did the written piece, that kind of comes out a little more. And it's not just a rehash of what Bear interviewed in the video. Right. So we, we put a lot of thought into that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I couldn't. Like, Nick, you got any ideas? Like, you got a theme for this year for the trade show? Sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> I, I, I already have one. I can tell you what it is. What it's, is it? If you don't mind telling who, Who's there? Right? That's, a, that's so, a good theme. So you have the return of two very big companies. Uh, you have a return of some medium-sized companies such as Polya and uh, AJ Fernandez. Right. You have the BCA Pavilion, which is a story. Um, yeah. So there's a lot. There's a lot to share uh, with that. I think it's who's there. It, it was a couple of years ago. Who's not there? Now it's who's there. And what is? Uh, it's going to be a very different show this year with, with, with those people I talked about there. So And I think lot- next year is going to be the year to go who's here. Because I think next year, because for those of you who don't know, People in the industry, the manufacturers have been asking and begging, literally pleading with the PCA to change the date of when the, the trade show is held. Because right now it's held in the yeah. uh, beginning of July. And for the last five years, it's been in friggin' Vegas, right? Where it's hot as balls. Yep. Uh, nobody likes that. Nobody wants that. And they have been begging for them to make it earlier in the year. And now this year, the PCA has come out and said, yep, we're going to do it next year, starting in uh, uh, 2024. It's going to be in March, which is great. But that's going to bring... A lot of people who haven't been going to the show back to the show. So for me, I think that makes sense. But uh, you mentioned Forged. You mentioned uh, STG and uh, Altitis. Altitis. That That's kind of, as I break my uh, thing, but that's where I wanted it. Uh, that's kind of a big deal, but it's also not a big deal. And I'll tell you why. Because they just used the trade floor space that Alec Bradley already bought. It had already been purchased under the Alec Bradley name. So what were they going to do with it? Were they just going to send Alec Bradley? No, they were like, well, let's just, we'll send Forged, right? And then in response to that, Altada says, okay, they're there. We're going to come back. But it's not going to be nearly as big of a booth as what they've had in the past, if, I, if my understanding is correct. Is that right? Well, both won't. Both won't be as big. I believe that STG came back for more than just, hey, we have to do something with the uh, Alec Bradley booth. Uh, I believe that they're in this now for a longer term going forward. Uh, we had Justin Andrews on our show uh, back in April. So I, I kind of tend to believe that this is not just like, hey, we're just coming there. And So it's not a one-off. They're like, I don't, I don't, I don't believe it's a one-off. And, and look, call me old-fashioned. Call me a romance guy. 
I'm thrilled to see, I'm <laughs> thrilled to see brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, uh, LaGoria Cubana, Partagas is under Fords. I'm thrilled to see these brands under the trade show floor again. And, you know, if we can get Liga Pravada back, if we can get some of the Davidoff stuff back, it is it is good to have those brands there. And, look, it's just as good to have some of these small family-owned businesses in, in a boutique area. That's another good story to be talking about. So as these big companies are coming back, now you have these smaller companies that are, are basically, you know, also have it, and I think the small companies really have to make the most of this opportunity right now. And that's that's yeah. what my little fear is with that is they just can't show up. They have to give you a reason to come there. But you know what? Give them credit. There's an area now, and it was about a conduit to come in there and and, and do business at a trade show. So I think it's a big story that we have these bigger and smaller companies kind of coming in this year. It, it's kind of showing me a few things. Well, that's I, my I, theme this year. Yeah, I I want to I want to ask Nick this because we we've talked about this a, a little bit. But in, in 21, uh, when we went the first time, and that was the first year the big four weren't there, uh, we I asked some of the smaller, more boutique companies that were there what their thoughts on that were. And without missing a beat, every one of them said, it has done nothing but help us. Because now, you know, most of the time retailers will go and they will congregate around these larger companies and they'll take forever and they'll take their time and we're sitting here twiddling our thumbs no one's stopping by the booth now we've got traffic and it's non-stop traffic and the same thing last year they're like they're like it's not hurting us at all we don't care in fact we would prefer that they stay out so now that they're back i mean at least two of the big four and i don't know if we'd ever get drew estate and davidoff to come back i hope we do uh, but i don't know if we if we would um Nick, what do you think? Would, would, as a smaller boutique company, would you do you want the big four there? Does that hurt you or help you as a manufacturer? I think it would help the PCA. There's a happy medium somewhere in there. I think you're absolutely right. A lot of the smaller brands and the and the people that I've talked to have told me that it was great for them because they did get more focus. Retailers were specifically spending more time with the lesser known brands and trying to discover. And there's more, there's only so many hours in a day. And you're right. A lot of times they'll go into one of these, excuse me, one of these big booths and spend an hour just vegging out, you know, sitting on the couch, smoking, talking and just killing time when they were taking the lazy way out, you know, as a retailer, if you're only going to focus on the big brands, okay, there's retailers that that's all they do. But I think the, the, the retailers that really have their thumb on the pulse, so to speak, or whatever the saying is, you get a little mix. You got your big guys, you got your go-to brands, and then you got stuff that you didn't know about and you've tried different things and you've seen other brands that you would have not have spent time. So it's up to the retailer and the the retailers that are going to really go forward in the future are the ones that are going to do it correctly and not just sit there and just chill out. And for a lot of these guys, a lot of the retailers, it's a party. That's why when they when they haven't had the show in Vegas – you know, the PCA shows or the IPCPR or whatever they were, whatever incarnation, 
they weren't as successful because people weren't coming. People, you know, oh, listen, I get, it gives me an opportunity to go to Vegas, do a little gambling, sit at the circle bar, talk. And look, yeah, I, I'm the first to say one of the main reasons that I'm going this year is to see friends that I only normally see once a year. You know, it's a great family of, consu- you know, not just consumers, but retailers uh, of of manufacturers. And it'll be great seeing a lot of friends that I I've missed out on uh, catching up with a lot of FaceTime with a lot of these guys. Because it's an important part for me in the industry is to be connected, to feel connected. And one of the ways you feel connected is through something like the PCA. You know, so I think James, yeah, and Nick, I agree with you. But then you get this other side of the coin. I, I hear what you say, James, about the manufacturers who said that because they said that to me. But then you get this other school of manufacturers. Hey, guess what? I got this booth right next to Rocky Patel's booth. This is going to be great because I'm going to get all the traffic from Rocky <laughs> Patel's booth coming over to my booth, right? So you get that side of the coin of it as well. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, then, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, that's an important part of it because absolutely, if, you're putting, absolutely. if you're put in the sea of small booths in the back, sometimes people don't even venture out to that area, you know? And if you're a new guy coming in, that's pretty much all you're going to get. So, if somebody doesn't come out, then you're wasting your money. So people are always looking or jockeying to try to get proper placement or the right booth next to where it would be a high traffic area. That's another part of the equation. So that's why I say there's a happy median in there because you want to have the traffic that these bigger, well-known brands are bringing people to. And then you're feeding off. You're like, you know, some of the people that are, all right, this guy's across the the aisle. Let me go stop in and say hello. But maybe they're not going to walk to the other side of, you know, no man's land in the back and go there. So, you know, when the show is smaller, there's more time to go to the no man's land and the smaller booths. But I think the answer is a happy medium of having your bigger players intermixed with your smaller players, and then everybody gets, you know, a fair shake of being yep. able to become a bigger player. Yeah, nope. exactly. I agree. I agree. And I think the VCA booth, the big, like what they're doing, I think is great. I'm really looking forward to seeing how they do that, how they pull it off. Uh, because for the smaller guys, that's a great way to get in without spending a ton of money for the floor space. And you're still going to get hopefully that traffic because now everyone's kind of pooling their resources. They're all in one spot and it's a one-stop shop for all yep. of your you know, boutique needs, so to speak. Yeah, and it's been done before, actually, just so you know. It's not the first time they've done this. Um, it's been done at TPE, but there were a few there were a few cases that I can think of at, at PCA. The one, Nick, I don't know if you remember the old house of Emilio. Mm-hmm. They yeah. did that. They had a they had exactly the same type of setup. They had nine companies in there and it was like a, a show within a show is what it was. Wow. So it it it's it, it's proven it could work is what I'm saying. The the difference with BCA is doing is like House of Amelia had a common distribution arm. Sutcliffe does it. They have a common distribution arm. This one it's disparate company. So that's the part that's unique about that. And I want to I'm really looking to see how that's going to work. Yeah, our next guest on the show is going to be Greg Free from Fuerte Libre. Uh, and he's going to be there through the BCA. And he was talking to me about that uh, at the old, my old Kentucky Herf uh, last month uh, or earlier this month, I guess, or last month now. Time travels hard. Uh, he was talking to me about that and how excited he was for it and telling me about all the changes the BCA has made. And uh, he's really looking forward yeah. to it. So we're excited to have him on next time. Uh, well, let me let me let me let me ask this as the final question. Pretend and it's not really uh, pretend like mentor me. Mentor me uh, as a, a small time podcaster, one of those damn bloggers. Uh, what would be the three things you would mentor someone, uh, you know, coming in who's newer to all of this? 
uh, the three takeaways that you should, we should really be focusing on. Uh, takeaways from what? Uh, joining media or going to the show? Uh, what do you what, what could I You know that? what? Uh, how about both? Let's go. Let's start with uh, media, joining the, the, the cigar media, and then uh, three takeaways of what you should be focusing on at the trade show. Uh, come up with, first of all, come up with a plan of how you're going to consistently deliver content. Uh, don't set the bar too high, but come up with a plan of consistency with that. Um, come up with a plan where you're going to build your relationships. So um, you can't wait for someone to reach out to you. You're going to have to take some initiative to that. Uh, I think you could do that in a lot of different ways. Uh, it's not just emailing, but show up at events. I know it's a little harder in some parts of the country to do it than others, but certainly I think that that's that's the second thing to do. And the third thing is just really be true to yourself um, in terms of do something you're comfortable with. Right? I've seen a couple of people try to do news and they're not comfortable doing it, right? So don't do news if you're not comfortable with it, you know? So I would, I would say those, those, are the, those are the three takeaways I'd go into with the media, is to have those three items. Trade like show. It. I like yeah. it. Trade show. So, three, so three trade takeaways. show. Um, don't just cover your friends, okay, is the first <laughs> thing. You should set a goal of making several new contacts at companies, all right? So you should set that goal. Don't, don't be afraid to have the door shut. Or you may not get it. It may take a few years to do it, but I've had things shut. So don't don't be afraid to do that. Um, again, professionalism, I think it's really key. Uh, if some companies want appointments, work through the route of appointments. Uh, some companies want you to show up. You, you do that. So so again, I, I think there's a degree of professionalism you want you want to demonstrate as far as that goes. And then the third thing I would say is honestly, don't burn yourself out at the trade show. Uh, again, I've seen people try to do duplicate what Half Wheel does. We were in that boat. We're not covering 150 booths, right? No, so no. don't try to do that. And I see people try to cover 75 booths like we did and, and couldn't do it. No, go with what you, you, you think you can go with. Don't burn yourself out with that. Don't dilute your coverage with, with that as far as it goes. And use every minute of the trade show right up until the doors close. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with all of that. Uh, yeah. We try to do uh, most of that. Uh, on, at what level we do that? Well, it remains to be seen. Uh, but yep. uh, we we do yep. try to do that. Yep. Um, so uh, you are a wealth of information. I could literally sit here all night, uh, well, and just I, pick your brain. I love talking. This this is great. Um, you know what I'm really looking forward to, James. I was telling Nick this that after show, that after show <laughs> when we did the smooth drawers one. I was I said this is awesome. Now I've seen people do after shows, but I haven't seen people do after shows. You guys are doing it. The way you guys dissect the show, yeah, and I love it. That's I love all- for you and Tim and, and those guys to do it. I said, "This is awesome. This is so unique. What you guys have brought to the table here. Don't stop doing that. That that's your that's like your secret sauce. There, let me tell you, I, that I is am, a great addition to the show. <laughs> I, I appreciate that, and I know Tim does as well. Yeah, it was funny because I, I I was I, Tim has been begging me to do this for years, and I'm like, it doesn't. Why do you do an after show of a podcast? Like it doesn't oh. make sense, and Finally, he wore me down. I'm like, all right, fine. We can do it. Do it however you want. You run it. You do a thing. And I'll, I'll, you know, the first, after the first one we released, he's like, how did it do? And so I looked at the numbers. And I'm like, eh, you know, okay, but it wasn't really. And then uh, two weeks later, you know, the next one came out and he's like, hey, how'd that one do? And I'm like, uh, do you really want me to look? He's like, yes, I want you to look. I looked. I went, holy shit. He goes, what? I go, it got almost the exact same numbers as the actual show. He's like, that's what I'm talking about. Well, yeah. All right. Well, it's doing pretty well. I can't, 
So yeah. kudos to Tim. Shout out to Tim. Great job. Yeah, great job you guys have done with that, really. Um, I was. I thought that I was a cool thing. I, honestly, I, when, when he told me about that, I said, perfect. You know, you got all these shows out there. You got, you know, Talking Bad that was Breaking Bad. I thought it was great. And I watched the first couple. And I was like, okay. And then, then they were going to do the one on Havana. And I said to to James, I go, listen, I think you kind of want me on that show because, uh, you know, yeah. why, why talk about it? I, I'm available. What the hell, you know? Yeah. And then it was from doing a guest appearance on the, uh, the after show. And, and now I'm kind of doing every yeah, one of them. Now you're on it. Yeah. But, on but it's, it. but stuck. it's cool. It's a different, I like it because it's a total different feel. Um, and you get to really re-dissect and revisit areas that yeah. uh, maybe were not covered right, or maybe the message didn't get uh, across the way that I would yeah. have thought I would have wanted to get across. And so I actually think it's a great idea too. And that's, you're right. That's our little niche and we're going to find our niche, James. I think yep. this is yep. going to be the first show where I'm going to be there as smooth draws. And I think as smooth as sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, a little Freudian slip there uh, where, you know, it, I, I I'm excited because, you know, I haven't worn the uh, media hat in a while. And, and, and I really, there was a lot of that that I missed, you know, and uh, I think it's something that's in my blood as well. Uh, but it goes along with everything else I do. And why not? You know, uh, you know, Coop initially, and I, I'll say it here, Coop initially was like, you know, Nick, you might get some blowback on that going there as a manufacturer. People are going to think this and that. And I go, Coop, People are going to think that no matter what. Well, that's anyway. what I said. That's what I said to James on the advertising. You're right. You're 100 percent right. I, yeah. I said it doesn't matter. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter what yeah. people think. In the long term, people are going to come up with their impressions or ideas. But it's longevity, and it's about what you really end up doing. You know what I mean? After the first time, second time, people are going to go, "Okay, this is what he really is doing." You know what I mean? So. I don't care. I'm there with a true mind and heart yep. to do what I'm supposed to do. And so what I, that I can blend the lines a bit, you know, as a manufacturer, you know, as a retailer initially. So I feel, you know, I'm in a unique position where I've worn all these different hats and this is an important part for me in this, in this business is the coverage of, of the cigar world. So I'm, I'm excited and happy and proud to be a part of all three of them. Yeah. Well, we're, we're very honored and happy to have you, Nick. You are a wealth of information, just like Will here. Uh, both of you guys are mainstays in the industry. You've been doing things in the industry at a high level, both uh, media-wise uh, and manufacturer-wise. Uh, so we're, we're very blessed to consider both of you uh, friends uh, personally and, and of the show. And I can't wait to see you both yep. uh, in Vegas next month. Um, well, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, I know you've got shows, you've got the jukebox, you've got a ton of stuff. What, what do you got going on? Uh, yeah. So everything can be accessed through the cigar coop website is cigar hyphen coop.com. Uh, we have a Facebook page, a cigar coop Facebook, Facebook page. We have a Twitter account, cigar underscore coop and an Instagram account, cigar underscore coop. Uh, but everything's really on the website that's driven. Um, so you can certainly get that get that type of stuff as well. Our podcasts are available on all podcast catchers. So uh, and we're on uh, we have both video and audio copies out there um, that you can get. So you can subscribe however you want as far as that goes. We're on we're on Rumble and Odyssey as well. So, you know, uh, I've been telling people. I would advise people consume the Rumble content. Let's get Rumble numbers up in case YouTube really shuts the door on us. Yep. Uh, and it's a good platform to, I mean, I'm just saying it's a good platform to 
absorb that content because uh, it's, it's actually is very friendly. Um, you know, we can embed it and stuff like that. So it's good technology to do that. So, yeah, uh, but you can catch us there as well. And um, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Any any uh, plans to do Instagram lives or YouTube lives while you're there at the show? Uh, we are going to try. You know, we've tried to do some stuff at the compound at night. And every year it's tough because of our schedules, just crazy. And we end up recording at 11. Yep. We have looked at potentially a couple of things. And that's maybe something we look at from the show floor this year to do. Um, so that's one of the ideas we're playing. So there, there will, I think there'll be some of that agile type of content out there. Uh, yeah. during, that's the part. The other part was we want to get stuff during the trade show days uh, out there. But to do live interviews, it's too difficult. Too we difficult. found. Yeah. yeah, it's too difficult. And yeah. we can't we can't we tie it in with the other content. But some agile type of content on Instagram live, certainly a, a way to go with that. We're going to really be pushing up the Instagram focus this year at the trade show. We, we did it last year. Uh, we improved it. We're going to do it more this year. You know, we're trying to grow our YouTube page uh, for right now, uh, and hopefully that will eventually translate into Rumble. Wink, wink, yep. hint, hint, guys. Um, so we're going to do YouTube lives. We're going to tease it on Instagram and then do YouTube lives. So, like, consider this an open invite, uh, Coop, for you and your team. If you guys have a free night when the trade show's done and you find, like, hey, come back because we're staying at the Venetian, mm-hmm. come up to the room. We've got the big patio. Uh, we'll do a we'll do a YouTube live with you guys. I think that'll yep, be a lot of fun. And vice versa, we have the compound. If you guys want to come out to the compound and hang out one night, get away from the thing, uh, you have that option as well. You guys are welcome there. We'd love to have you. But yeah, we do both. That. We we tend to kind of we tend the compound stuff tends to be very late at night because yeah. we're 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 still doing stuff after the trade show uh, closes. So. Yeah, there's a lot of editing and trying to get teasers out, and, and well, we've got like a big plan this year. It's going to be nuts. Well, this year, I mean, we've been one thing we've really actually have this. Not the diversity, but, but um, backups have been a little bit of an issue. Not so much of doing backups, but getting them done timely. And some of that video is big, and we have to run that. We have to get back, set the set set the backups going, and so we have to run back to the compound sometimes and do that, and <laughs> yeah. then we run back out for dinner. So it's it's a little complicated. That's the bad. That's the downside of the compound, is what I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tim has just uh, invested a lot of his personal funds into a, a setup to where, we, like, we've got a VPN access directly into his hard drives at, at his house, and just upload everything. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, so, you got to yeah, do it. Yeah. 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 Like it's yep. uh, yeah. It's not easy. I mean, so I'm going to tell you something else. We had an SD card that got left at, at the house one year oh. that had about one day's worth of content on it right and had lucky the maid who came in found it and sent it Uh to us we are very we would have lost the whole day so you know and we and the problem why we didn't do a backup that year is the internet was so bad where we were um so we've learned now we we have to check these types of things double and triple we have now hard drives we we do we do cloud backups and we do hard drive backups now this year. So yeah, we yeah. immediately put it on the laptops. Like when yep. we get done for the day, we've got them all labeled. Yeah, um, yep. right on the laptop. So uh, if we absolutely. lose the card, it's whatever. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah. Yep, yep. So yeah. we learned that was a, that was, you know, we learned some things. We're not perfect either, but lucky we got through all that. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what snafus we run into this year because there's always yeah, there's always one there's always one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Looking yeah. forward to seeing you there. Absolutely, uh, man. I appreciate it. Will, thank you so much for your time. Like I said, wealth thank you, guys. of information, one of the most yep. professional uh, and one of the best guys in the industry, cigar media or otherwise. This guy is just awesome. Go give his stuff a listen if you haven't. Go read his stuff, yeah. uh, cigarcoop.com. Uh, the guy's just awesome, Will. Thank you very thank much. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Nick, Thanks, Coop. next yep. week, 
uh, or not next week. I guess next week we're going to have to deal with Tim's big head after you and Will have said that Tim's idea for the after show was fantastic. Oh, that's a a, I, look, I love that idea. What oh my a, God. He's great at it, too. I got to say, it's James. He watches the whole show he and he goes back and dissects it, which it's not like oh, I just tuned in for five minutes of it. This guy, you can tell, watched every minute of the show and does it. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He sits like immediately, yeah. like I'm gonna have to upload and then the gets audio. Abused to this. By, uh, by and James I, and I, I abused him. <laughs> no, it's it's great con. It, it is gold, guys. Don't stop doing that. It's gold. Yeah. If you, if listeners, if you haven't checked it out, check it out. <laughs> um, and what's good about that? I'll say one last thing about that is if someone catches maybe the the after show and miss the regular show, it gets them to go back and 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 watch it, which is real, which is what I do with a couple of episodes too. So I great great job. I can't say enough about it. Thank you. I, I yep. appreciate that. I know Tim does too, and I'm sure yep. I will yep. hear about this tomorrow after he listens to this. <laughs> and he's like, so it was a good idea. I'll be like, God damn it. <laughs> Why? Why? Uh, but it really is. Uh, yep. He yep. does a good job with yep. it. Uh, hopefully yep. he can just hit fast yep. forward during yep. that part so he doesn't hear me say that. <laughs> uh, but next time, Nick, we're going to have Greg Free on uh, Fuerte Libre right before the trade show. July 1st is when that uh, episode will land. Uh, we'll talk to him about the BCA uh, and what he's looking forward to from the PCA and get a little bit of backstory on him and Fuerte y Libre. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Nick, uh, what about you? You looking forward to it? Absolutely. You know, uh, I thought this is going to be a once a month thing and it's, it's like uh, several thing, uh, yeah, well, four times a month thing. Uh, yeah, it's been like at least <laughs> once a week, right? We're yeah. recording every week. Uh, we are. We are. Do so, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, a lot. Great, great it gets job, a lot, guys. doesn't it? Will it gets it gets to be a it, lot? It, it, yeah, it does. But you guys have a great product. I'm not just saying that because I know Nick, and now I met you. It, it's it's great stuff, and uh, I really I enjoy being on, on anytime. You guys, we'll have to return the favor at some point too, and uh, so we'll do that. But look forward. I look forward. Uh, the trade show is always chaotic, but let's make sure we get some time to to all hang. This year. Absolutely, absolutely, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We will make, yeah. we will make yeah. time for that. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to hold you to it and be like, no, sit down. We got to smoke a cigar and talk. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Because I, 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 I get a little wrapped around the axle at the trade show sometimes. So uh, <laughs> well, I remember. Yeah, last, so. This is funny you say that because last year yeah, I, I, know, called, I, remember, I called Nick and I'm like, hey, can you call Coop? Tell him I want to like just talk to him real quick. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he texts me back. He's like, hey. He said, find him. He's on the show floor. I'm like, okay. So I, I was talking with somebody and I saw you. You walked behind me and I'm like, all right. I finished up what I was who I was talking to real quick. I turned around and you were gone. I'm like, where the and I know Nick said that to me and I felt bad and it's just that you get wrapped around with the oh, trade yeah. show yeah. and that was I think I think I told you we had an issue like our snafu last year was uh, we forgot the batteries for the camera and we had to go back <laughs> and get the batteries so there's always something that <laughs> happens uh, on that trade show floor every year so. it doesn't matter how much you yeah. plan no matter how like yeah. how you've got things packed there's always something yeah, that's usually why yeah. we st we've been staying at the Venetian because I don't want to have to drive yeah. some drive somewhere to get it because that's just too much. Stuff. Yeah, now that's there's drawbacks. Yep, yeah, there's definitely drawbacks. Yep. All right, guys, uh, thank you so much for watching again. Uh, give us a, a follow on uh, YouTube or or preferably on Rumble, but we're trying to grow both of those channels. Uh, like, rate, subscribe. Uh, we're on all the podcasters, so wherever you're listening to us on, give us a rating, even if you think I suck. Which a lot of people do. Just hit that one star rating and tell me why I suck. I already probably know, but it's fine. Uh, Nick, thanks a lot. Will, thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Uh, until next time, guys. Stay smoky.